Podia is like an amazing Swiss Army knife for selling anything online. It's an all-in-one digital storefront where you can sell courses, memberships, and digital downloads all in one place. The cool thing about Podia is that they eliminate all of the technical headaches. You don't have to install anything. You can host your sales pages there, your files, your checkout process. You can even do your email marketing and newsletters right from Podia. Fizzle Show listeners get 15% off of Podia for life by signing up for a free trial over at podia.com slash fizzle. That's P-O-D-I-A dot com slash fizzle. Thanks to Podia for sponsoring the Fizzle Show and for supporting independent entrepreneurs like you okay. and me. Hey there, welcome to the Fizzle Show. This is our podcast about building sustainable, meaningful small businesses and earning a living independently doing something you really care about. Today, I'm joined by two very special guests. The first is Mike Vardy, founder of Productivityist and Time Crafting. Mike has been on the show before, including one of our most popular episodes ever, which was episode number 99 on productivity journaling. Mike, thanks so much for being back on the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Corbett. And today, we also have a super special guest, I guess, returning champion, co-host, the prodigal son returns. It's been a few weeks. My partner in crime, Chase Reeves, is back with us after a few weeks away. Chase, how do you introduce yourself these days? Hello, 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 Governor. Glad to be here. <laughs> That's not a good one. I should do something different. I'm like, I, I don't know. How do I introduce myself, Corbett? I need you to help me with this now. I feel I like know. I'm like, I don't know. It sounded like you were chimney sweeping for a second. So maybe that's. <laughs> I'm a bit of a chimney sweep, but I'm very productive, right? So it's the sort of thing that I think I'm on the show for, right? Well, and when you meet people at, uh, what, what do you attend, cocktail parties these days? Or uh, or you just hang out down by the surf and uh, talk to the strangers walking by? <laughs> talk to the homeless people at Ocean Beach. Yeah, that's what I do a lot of, actually. And when they, when they say, what do you do for a living like you do, uh, what do you say? Dude, it's harder and harder these days. My quick, my quickie, if I just want to get in and out of the conversation, is I'm a YouTuber. Right. And they're like, wow, that's, that's crazy. So I'm a YouTuber. But, you know, I, I actually do a lot of coaching. Nowadays with people, it's one of my favorite things. In fact, I just had a call with someone who was like a fizzler for forever, but she was always a lurker. And she went to that work with chase.com and just booked mm, an nice. hour with me. <laughs> you can just book an hour with me. Other coaches are like, all right, we're going to do a six week package or whatever. I'm like, nah, you can just book an hour and like, I'll probably That's, smoke that a might cigarette. Be all you we'll, need. <laughs> we'll talk through whatever. But dude, what a great conversation. So I like doing the coaching stuff because it's their business, not mine. And I, I have a lot of energy, but right now I'm making a, a course on cannabis creativity and productivity. So this conversation around productivity is going to be really useful because nice. I'm just, I'm soaking in that, but you know, so I'm a YouTuber, which means I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to be when I grow up. Well, today, since we have a productivity expert on the show, yeah. Mike, and also I guess we could call you a, a former <laughs> no, productivity no, junkie. No, a productivity, I'm a professional struggler. I'm a, a professional, professional struggler. <laughs> yeah. So you know about productivity because of the struggle. Yes. All right. Since we have both of you guys on today, I thought we would talk all about bird watching. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, let's talk about productivity today or, or getting things done in lowercase, uh, not, not uppercase. Let's start by, um, let's talk productivity routines. And uh, I'm going to start with Mike. Mike, if you wouldn't mind, walk us through what your week looks like, and how you think about productivity and the tools that you're using right now to get things done. Because I find 
for me, productivity always comes in cycles. It changes every, you know, it's like it, it kind of stops working after a while and I get into my old habits. So I toss all that out and start over again. So what are you up to lately, Mike, in terms of productivity? Well, I just started my year literally this week, like September 1st is the start of my year. So I already am completely non-traditional when it comes to that. I ran out of the gate. Yeah, I'm like, Mike, do you kid- know that this is not the start of the year? <laughs> I don't understand. What do you mean you just started your year? The year started so, without so, you. So my, <laughs> so I start my year in September because my kids go back to school in September. And actually, uh, during my research, for like, who else starts their year at, at this time? Uh, Martin Short has done it for years. He wrote about it. <laughs> I was expecting someone like some like business success or something. It's like someone who shows up crazy wherever. And it's like Martin Short does it. I'm in. And he's fellow, he's a Canadian from Hamilton, where I'm from originally. No, but also Gretchen Rubin does as well. So I think the reason for me is because it cycles well with my kids going back to school. When the kids are in school, um, I can really gear up and get things going. And then when summer rolls around, like July, August, the kids are out of school. So I don't have as much bandwidth. Yeah. So for me, it just makes natural sense for me to do that. And so for, basically, to answer your question, Corbett, like I've been theming my days for a really long time. I use themes to kind of kind of keep me from kind of going off into a, a crazy direction because that way I can say not, you know, what am I going to do today? But, oh, today is Monday. Monday's optimization day. Let me look at all the things I can optimize. And if that doesn't work, then I have uh, what I call these horizontal themes, which are during certain times of the day. And I don't have a lot of them, but oh, it's now noon. Oh, it's my moving time. I should go do some exercise because I am the type of person that if I don't have a framework in place, then I will go wherever my emotions will take me. And I need to have that kind of uh, boundary, that reason to kind of keep me from going too far off the beaten track. So for me, I still see my days and they haven't really changed all that much since we last spoke. Um, you know, and it's, it, they've served me really well because it, it keeps me kind of moving things forward in the right direction. And then I have my monthly theme. So I know what my overarching focus is for the month of September. I've got a manuscript to write because I, I got a book deal last month. Congrats. So I have to get that. Thanks, man. Yeah, that's awesome. So I have to get that book manuscript done. So by having that tried, tested, and true, you know, theming in place, I can say, okay, my overarching focus in September is to get that manuscript worked on. So I always have to have these waypoints. And I think that that's something that hasn't changed when it comes to my to productivity in general. Like those things are kind of timeless, whereas the apps, I mean, since we've spoken, I'm sure there's been... Have you noticed of, how many of them are advertising on like YouTube? I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting targeted, yeah, yeah. but it's like the Monday and then yeah. there's another yep. one there. There's nonstop this whole, like the systems that we, the products that we use to get our stuff done. Cause they, once you're in there and you've got a team in there, like you're not going to switch to something else. That's just it. And, and the thing is, is that uh, for individuals, and that's who I spend a lot of time coaching, they're like, well, what app should I use? How should I? Like, oh, there's this new one. There's a Notion and Nirvana. And I mean, and some of them have been around for a long time and they just have an ad budget now. So now they're all of a sudden, yeah. you know, rising to the totally. fore. Like, listen, it doesn't matter. The app is not so much as important as the approach is. Like, what, what do you bring to the table? Because the app isn't going to do it for you. And I think for me, having that kind of mental automation to go, okay, it's now Friday, Friday's deep work day. What tasks have I earmarked as deep work? Okay, let me focus on those. Oh, now I'm tired. Let me look at all the tasks that I've earmarked as low energy. It just keeps me moving so that I actually am am still productive no matter what day, what time I'm able to kind of keep moving the ball forward. You mentioned uh, themes. How long have you been doing those, Mike? Hmm. I would say I've been doing them for, gosh, 
half a decade easily. And just in case someone's never heard of it, like, can you talk us through Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? So daily theming for me and theming time theming comes in different forms. There's daily themes, there's, there's monthly themes. And what it does is basically every, every Monday and you can, and for me, I have, I give my overarching focus to a specific theme, same with Tuesday. So a type of work and the way that themes work is I believe, and this is what I work with my clients on is, Hey, what are things that you need to do consistently? Like I need to consistently make video. Okay. Well, great. Do you need to make it more than once a week? No. Okay. Well then maybe you should have a day where you focus on that. And that gets your overarching focus and it, not just shooting video, but maybe writing scripts for video. Maybe, you know, you're going to plan your Instagram TV episodes, whatever it's going to be. What are your, what are your days? What what, you said optimization Monday. Yep. So optimization is, and actually, I start my week on a Sunday, so I'm also messed up there. Jeez Louise, uh, this guy's <laughs> a Sunday in September. <laughs> and actually, it was a Sunday in September this year. Uh, so Sunday is my planning day. Okay. Monday is my optimization. Did you day. celebrate New Year's? Uh, I did actually. You know what I do every? Oh every I'll get. I'll, I'll tell you what my traditions are okay. in a minute. Tuesday is what I call my looking day. It used to be video, but I needed a bit of a broader scope. Mm. I couldn't, I was running out of things to do on video day. So I had to actually expand it a bit. Wednesday is my listening day. So it's when I do my audio books, you know, I listen to audio books. I make my podcasts, all that stuff. Thursday is my learning day. So that's when I focus not just on myself learning, but teaching others. So they're learning from me. So that's when I focus a lot of my coaching clients. Friday is my deep work day and Saturday is my family day. And so those have my overarching focus. It doesn't mean I only do family stuff on Saturdays. Like I don't tell my family, go away till Saturday. And then when Saturday comes around, I'm all yours. It's just, it gives me something to kind of focus on. Now, speaking of focusing on, on New Year's Eve, which for me was August 31st, I watched the movie About Time, like I have for the last five years. <laughs> I love that movie. It's really good, man. It's really good. And it gets me every single yeah. year. Um, and then, uh, I didn't realize this until this year, but Stephen Pressfield's birthday is September 1st. No idea. Yeah. Had no clue. And so I watched the legend of Bagger Vance this year on September 1st, but I'm going to do something Pressfield like on the first from now. And so whether it's read the war of art again, yeah. or do the work or something like that, but yeah, I do have those traditions that are kind of stemmed around that. And then when January rolls around, which is my month that I give a theme called renewal, I'm not necessarily sitting here trying to do all these resolutions. I'm just trying to like recover from the busy holiday season that just Mm. passed us. So this is the time of year now that summer's kind of done. I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm, I I guess I'm, I'm as, as raring to go as Chase normally is. Uh, (laughs) It's just me now in September, but yeah, I'm, I'm, that's, that's how themes work is it just, it gives you some kind of thing to overarchingly focus on. So that way you're not kind of looking at your to-do list and seeing all these things you can kind of filter through the noise. All right. So, so on one hand, we've got Mike who is, uh, I would say regimented in his approach to productivity and he's been doing the same thing for five years. Mm. In the other corner, we have Chase Reeves, and I, and I'm curious. I want to put the rabbit, George. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious what what it's like for you. What's your routine lately? Because I know you have routines, yeah. Even if you don't like write them down and put them on the calendar and all that kind of stuff, like what's yeah. what's your routine like lately? Well, okay. So Mike mentioned this one thing. I, I didn't want to interrupt, but he, he was like, if I don't have like if I don't tell myself what to do, basically, then like. I, the emotions will just take over. Right. And like, yeah. this is, this is what happens I think to v- so many of us, but especially as creative 
creators of some kind, right? And this is so much of the dream of Fizzle and Fizzlers and so much, of, so many people that, I, that I've worked with over the years and like all the courses that we've made at Fizzle are really designed to help people actually put one foot in front of the other in the right direction. So it's not just like being productive, but it's being productive. So I almost make a distinction between productivity, which is like uh, the, the mechanisms by which you, you like do the things you do, but then and, and my, my simple word for it is focus, which I don't, it's, I don't, maybe it's not the best, it's not the best word, but it's really, it's like, it's about the direction we're taking that productivity in. And my life is just a, a, a recurring story of sometimes just being in a total flow state, which is my favorite place to be, which is basically all of our favorite place to be. Like biologically, it's, it's sort of like, it's where time kind of goes away. You're not, you're not self-conscious. You're not worried and anxious. You're not overly manic and excited. It's just like you're in the flow state. And there's a lot of books and research about this. Um, that's my favorite place to be. And, uh, and I'm always trying to get to there and trying to figure out the structures in my life to, to, to make that happen. I think this is the case for most of us trying to do our businesses. You know, I think it really is. Yeah. And where that starts for me, honestly, is, is in some ways you can think of morning routine, right? You can go on the internet, go to www.google.com. Okay. And then you start writing this down. Okay. (laughs) And you search, you search for like morning routines of famous people or something. And you're just going to find so much pornography about morning routines, right? It's like, oh, yeah. What did Ben Franklin do? Oh, wow. That's fascinating or whatever. Like he he took three naps a day. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. You could just go to you could just go to mymorningroutine.com because there was a book. That's true. There's a whole site dedicated. Exactly. Because it's a book. It's yeah. a big deal. Yeah. It's a big deal. Because here, here's like, here's the thing. If you ever get in a funky emotional space, like one trick that I've learned that actually works is just you know what, like pull the pull the cord out. Like today is kind of borked. Don't be hard on yourself about fixing today. You're gonna have this whole sleep cycle, and you're gonna wake up and start brand new, right? again tomorrow, like the computer just got reset in some ways, um, some very important ways, not in every way, right? But that's where like the more, so if you have a little bit of an engine for, or a mechanism for the morning for you, that can totally set your day up right. Now, mm-hmm. if I have a hit of pot cannabis marijuana in the morning, that can do the opposite of set my day off right, right? Because you want to talk about just being led around by whatever whimsy you have. It's fun. But what isn't great is three months from now when I've gone like, I really wish I would have gotten that course done. I really right. wish I, I, I had, I, it's like that quote, I don't like writing. I like having written right it's mm-hmm. like i i like that i've i like that i wrote so well, and, yeah and go. you 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 have shit you need to get done for lack yeah. of a better term i mean you're putting out how many videos a week now a well two videos a week but i was just traveling and i had a bunch of stuff in the can and then and then like i just didn't have enough time to edit right so a lot of productivity for me right now is figuring out what are the essential tasks in my in my system and then i've just hired an assistant who i'm loving right now i i had a va for a while and i and i i probably spent you know i probably spent thousands i spent thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars like every month keeping this person as my helper when i was doing stuff but i really didn't have much for this person to do 
right? Mm. I didn't really know what to what yeah. to do. And so now I met a I met a guy here named Chris Friend in OB, and he's just like this ball of energy. The first like like we both met each other and we were just like looking at each other. We're like, this feels weird. <laughs> like you're doing me <laughs> and I'm doing you. But he had this super intense, very executive level way of running all of his tasks. And I'm like, man, I've been there, done that. I don't like it. And he's like, no, let me just show you. And I, I, was, I got to meet his assistant and do all this stuff. And anyways, that same assistant like, had like an extra 10 hours a, a week. And so I've hired her. And this is like, this is a very new thing for me. And it's, and it's proving extremely fruitful because I can just have the idea, send off the text or, or actually right now, I, so Drafts app, if you want to, let me give you just one quick little tip, like, right? Drafts app I use for capturing everything. I'm constantly writing notes to self. I'm constantly co collecting information when I'm out and about, I'm having ideas, I'm whatever. And then I can program that be, to, because uh, my right now, my whole business is run off of Evernote. Everything I do, my whole, like, I don't use Asana. I don't use Trello. I don't use a to-do list. I don't use anything. It's all in Evernote because my work is very particular. I'm making, like you said, Corbett, two videos a week. And, uh, and, and honestly, I get to kind of do a lot of what I want. That's my goal in life is I get to do what I want. I want to go into the grave going like, I did it my way. And I wasn't such a jerk, <laughs> you know, like that's my one goal. But running and it so out of Evernote means that in drafts, I can have an idea and I can just beep, send that off into my Heather drafts notebook, right? That's her place where she's collecting all of that and she's going to organize that into tasks and stuff for her. And then she's going to get feedback from me when she needs it. So uh, that, is a, that has been a, a huge, but I'm early in this, you guys. I got to admit, I'm, I'm very early in this. So to, I don't know where the wheels are getting wobbly even yet right well i think i think that the other thing with having an assistant because i did the same thing i had a general va and the problem is if they're general then you can kind of get lost in the same thing that we could get lost in which is what can they do to, yeah. whereas if you have someone that kind of specializes a bit or that you know that allows you to kind of get into your zone of genius yeah. right for lack of a better term where you can say hey this is what i can do and you've got some the tools like i love drafts drafts is it's on my dock it's i mean i've got it everywhere i love yeah. that tool but i mean you get them into into that, you can focus on the things that only you can do well, mm -hmm. which it then allows you to say, okay, well, it gives you more freedom of choice, yeah. right? Because then you're saying, okay, this is the thing that I only I can do. Yeah. That's productive versus let me just, you know, crank widgets right. and hopefully and come this together. is very different than how my business like, like my everyday was when when I was doing fizzle, when I was before that making websites, when I was doing it like like it's very different now. Cause I'm I'm trying, I'm realizing that like if I I'm trying to be this like YouTube personality, I guess, which is, which is really, I'm trying to be this personality that I can show up anywhere and just do the chase show. Right. That's really like what Walt Whitman has this quote. He's like, I don't lecture and I don't give charity. I give me when I give, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, I'm like, yes, that's, that's my, that's my, like kind of always been my thing. So there's stuff that I do that nobody else can do. And then there's so much other stuff and uh, everything up to now is I've been doing all of it. Yeah. And so trying to, you know, just extricate myself from the situation. And it's challenging because I, I like, uh, because, you know, taste and, and aesthetics and all of this stuff are, are the things that, that I, that I have always done and always done well and always helped other people with. And so it's definitely a challenge to extricate myself from the video editing, for example. But yeah. to, to answer specifically, it's, I'm using Evernote. 
and I have like a system of, of folders in there. And what's good about this is I can have notes from clients. I can have notes from myself. I can have images. I can have audio recordings of meetings. I can have everything right there in one little note for that project, right? And if it's a bigger project, then the project will get its own notebook. And then I've got that note, which is all the information. And the next note, which is like the task list, which I just, you know, make up all I get to, I get to just run it however I see fit in Evernote. And it's working okay right now because to be honest, what I was go what I was doing before was nothing. I was just doing nothing. I was just going like I've got products like literally in my physical in my office, like physical products. And I know I need to make that video. Right. And I know that my I'm not making money on that product yet because it's not public. Because it's sitting there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mike, I'm curious like is there such a thing as productivity anxiety do do people do other people <laughs> walk around going i need to be more productive and and have this this just dread that you're not getting enough done every week is that is that a thing like in social media obviously people are feeling they're finding out that social media is not as good for your mental health as we may have assumed uh and even though you're surrounded by people all day you end up feeling less about yourself mm. in productivity. Is there some line where yes, you need to pay attention to it because it is helpful, but if you get too obsessed with it or you worry about it too much that it can become detrimental. Yeah, I think so. In fact, you know, I mean, a lot of the clients that come to me, they're, they're overwhelmed and they're overwhelmed because they're looking, most of them are just looking, they're, they're looking at their to-do list or they're looking at their commitments and they're like, I can't possibly get it all done. And they're thinking, the problem is they're thinking in these terms of, uh, yeah, I can't get this all done today. I can't get this all done this week. I can't. Yeah. And they, they forget that there's more time. Like there is literally more time. And if you can spread things out, and a lot of times what they'll do is they won't do fundamental things. You know, and I know Chase, you've talked about this before, like breaking down a project to its smallest particles, right? Like they'll look at that bag in the office and go, oh my God, I got to make this video and do this thing and do this thing and do this thing. And they're like, oh my God, I'm so angry. Whereas if you said, what if I took some photos and made my thumbnail of this thing? That's one step. So people, when they're writing down their to-do list or they're, they're putting things in their calendar, like a due date for something, which is to me just crazy because what you're you see that thing and it just sits there and sits there. And it's, as it gets closer and closer, it'd be better to make every day a due date, like DO, like break it down and say, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm I got to work on this book. For example, mm -hmm. my manuscript, I'm not going to say write book. That's my brain would look at that immediately and go, I can't get that. Your brain today. just like, wouldn't look at that. You could have that on huge letters in front of yeah. your screen and it would look everywhere else. <laughs> I'm pretty it sure go, plenty of go. authors have had that issue before. <laughs> exactly. But, but it doesn't just happen with all, it happens with, you know, work on report. Yeah. What report? Yeah. Report, how many pay like so i think the anxiety stems from people just constantly doing and churning without oddly enough doing something that they would think is counterproductive which is taking a breath slowing down and, and, and stopping for a second and really looking at it and going is this as small as it needs to be does this really need to be done today is this the best time of day to do it like chase talked about morning routines i think honestly especially as a night owl like me i think evening routines are actually just as if not more important because it, it, you can close out your day and set up the next day so you can go to bed with you know less anxiety, so on and so forth. And we talked about that in the productivity journaling episode, mm. like I journal before bed, empties the brain, I get up in the morning, I've already got my plan set for the day. Mm. So I think that the problem is, is that we don't, again, we don't look at things, we look at productivity as let's get as much done as possible in as little time as possible. Mm. That's productivity. And really, I believe productivity is about 
intention. Yeah, what attention. you just said was actually efficiency, right? I think there is a significant <clears throat> difference between productivity and efficiency, right? Yeah, they come secondary. Efficiency comes after you've done something enough times that you know you've got the skill set to say, how do mm. I make this? How do I do this faster? How do I do this better? Not just faster. Because mm. that's the other thing is people go, let's get things done faster. But faster isn't always better, right? So I think we get caught up in this quantitative idea of, productivity as opposed to the qualitative part of it. And the only way you can really kind of get hung up in the qualitative or at least look at it is to actually look at it and slow down and go, hold on a second. Mm. What does this, because, and I've done it too. I've rushed into, especially as someone who's never really gone to business school and just kind of fizzle was really helpful with, you know, with this, but to be able to go and say, I don't know what I'm doing here and just doing stuff off the seat of my pants, if I had actually stopped and slowed down and said, you know what, maybe it's not great to have 38,000 tags in ConvertKit. Maybe I should only have these ones, right? right? Like, but you often are but just, that's it, you know, Mike, go, go, that's go. it. That is the thing, yep. right exactly there, right? Maybe I don't need to have 38,000 tags in. This is why we all tried David Allen's getting things done and yep. almost none of us are using it now, except for those executives who are like, who basically have an assistant who run the GTD system for them probably, right? Or those martial artists mm-hmm. who are just like, this is how I look at my life. This is how I conceive of myself. Because, I don't know, you've got, you've got this poster on your wall I, I really like. It says, well done is better than well said, right? And it's, you know, this, mm-hmm. this getting thing, this, this dunning stuff is really what we like. We like having written. Why we, we like having this book that we wrote. Like you're going to like having a book on the market a year after you've launched that thing. You won't think about making that very much likely, but you'll be glad that it's out there along with other books you've written and other things that you have for sale and other products that now are a part of your repertoire, right? And I look at the digital creator world and I feel like I'm just creating little artifacts as I go, right? For me on YouTube, everything's pretty transient with the, it's just videos, except for the fact that, you know, I just did a 45 minute video on that travel backpack, which people are going to search for that travel backpack for the next five years, you know, and they're going to, they're going to find that video. So there is this life to each of those videos in in a weird sense. Um, which I don't know if we can get from from even books and, and courses at this point. But this idea of having so much of a system, what happens is we can create a system gets created because it does feel good to organize, doesn't it? My my mom, she used to like always say, I would just organize my room. I would I would rearrange. Do you remember the do you remember the feeling of like re- or, rearranging your room in college or something like that? I did that in the dorm, and then I did it at my in my like childhood room. I would rearrange my room. This organization felt good. It felt like I knew what my life was, right? And mm-hmm. I like that in a productivity system, there's a kind of organizing the mental junk that's in our head, right? I'm, I'm curious, uh, Chase, like when when you find yourself changing your routine, which it sounds like happens, you know, yeah. at least every yeah. year or, or maybe more frequently, and I'd say the same is true for me. When you find yourself changing your routine, is it because you became disillusioned with the system or just with productivity in general and you said, screw this, like, I don't want to live my life according to what I've written down in some to-do list? Right. It's like, it's or, like, who, who, keep going. Or, or, or is it that it just kind of fades over time that, that you use a system for a while and then, you know, several months goes by and you go, oh yeah, what happened to that thing I was doing for a while? Yeah. 
Yeah, is it is almost it more like, that it fades, or more is it that you you get like tired of it and throw it I th- out? I think I think yes. You know, I think yes. A, l- a little bit of both. It's get, it's exciting setting up a new system. It's really exciting. There's a ton of energy that's just released, like freaking dopamine, serotonin, all sorts of this stuff's going on in our system, and we feel great. It's the same thing that David Allen talks about. Um, there's a there's this like uh, there's this recording of David Allen doing like I can't remember how many hours of his thing. And I found it on like the dark web. I found it on torrents and I was, I listened to it so long ago, but one of the tricks that was in there that I don't think was in the book was you, you, you go to the middle of your house. Like if, if you have a partner in your house, you go, you, you both go to the middle of your house with a note notepad. Each of you has, has a notepad and you walk in different directions. You just start writing down all the things you want to do in it, like to the space or, or things you like, we need to clean this. We need to do that. Oh yeah. It'd be good to get the baseboard changed or it'd be yada, yada, yada. all the fixes, everything throughout the entire house. You just doing everything. The way you feel after you've written all the things you want to do, <laughs> the way that you feel when you've gotten that out of this, like this loop that we get into almost um, psychologically where that idea comes up. And then mm-hmm. nothing really happens with it, and then it fl- and it's like sinks back down. And then you and feel then you feel crappy because you, you it's know not that done or something. You yeah. know that it's still in there, and then it comes back. And it, so David Allen's whole thing was like a system that your brain actually trusts is what's required. Like you mm-hmm. have to trust. Well, and what's interesting about that exercise too is that if you and your partner are doing it, you're going to have compl- two completely different. Totally, lists. but you're probably both going to feel great, person. right? Sorry, I talked over you. Go. Yeah. No, no, no. But that, that, that's, that's the, that's the commonality. You're both going to feel great. Cause you've done that, what he would call a brain dump yeah. and you've done, but two very different lists, which totally illustrates the point that productivity is personal. So when, when, you know, I've got my framework in place, which some people and, and Corbett, you're not the first one to say, Oh man, that sounds really rigid or regimented. It isn't, it isn't right. Because I can easily say, well, I don't want to do deep work on Fridays anymore. I'm going to put another slot in there, mm-hmm. or I'm going to just totally ignore deep work day because I'm sick today. So let's just look at all the low energy. It's all about having these waypoints, mm-hmm. right? That, that work for you personally. And that's why when we, when I have people that are saying, Oh, you know, you got to follow like GTD. That's why like to, to chase his point, a lot of people fell off GTD because they were they were polishing the runway as they call it. They were doing those little low level yeah. tasks yep. that weren't getting them any yeah. higher because they were getting caught oh, up it. in the actual of the system. That's it right there, Mike. Those little low level tasks. That's where I find myself in. It's like okay, I just went through the the top ten emails in my like three hundred emails that I need to go to, uh, but I but I don't have I don't I'm I'm I got to go on to the next thing in my life right now. I'm not and like I don't feel I did stuff, but I don't feel like I did stuff. Right. I come back to the inbox yeah. and it's not cleaner. Right. It's in, in like those 10 emails are replaced by the time I will come back. And right. And so everything just keeps gaining moss and weeds down below. But Corbett, to answer your question, I do shift over time. And once I realized, because I have built really significant like structures of productivity back before I, long before I met you, Corbett, like back in the day when I was a project manager at agencies and doing all sorts of stuff, there was a ton of work about work. I basically, researched half my time was spent like reading about productivity and half my time was spent working. Like, I think I enjoyed Measure learning twice, about cut once. Yeah, exactly. I learned, I enjoyed learning more of uh, learning about productivity more than I enjoyed actually being productive. Right. So yeah. I learned, I, I created these big systems and one by one, they had failures over time in terms of their stick to for me in terms of that that thing. And so what I've learned from me is that everything's going to fade like that in time. Um, and really, it is the lowest common denominator. It is the simplest thing 
uh, a system that, that I'm looking for. But Mike really nailed it with, it's not about doing these little tasks. I can, cre- I can show you a million apps and a million strategies for making sure that all those little tasks are collected. But I don't believe for a second that that, that system is going to get you to do the, going to keep you doing important work over time. You're going to be doing not important work that, that like feels urgent, right? Like Stephen Covey's stuff. So to me, if I can just clear my mind every day and go, what is this intention that I'm having right now? And so this course on cannabis, creativity, and productivity is like, is this, it's like, I'm just doing it for me. I'm just doing it for me. I think it's going to be a really funny and fun course. I don't think I'm not going to make it very expensive at all. And it's just as I, this is kind of like, I feel it as an intention. Like, it's like, it would be cool to have done that. Right, it would be cool to have done that, and so mm-hmm. because I'm fine making two videos a week, we're, we're making enough money doing that. But this is in that realm of like, what do I really want to get done? And I know that I'm probably going to just think about it and have a, collect a bunch of notes and do a bunch of stuff about it, but never really finish it. If I'm not, if I don't get serious about it in some ways, and serious is in quotes there, but that's why I basically, that's why I was like, okay, I'm doing this assistant thing. Like I'm going to hire this assistant just, just because like, if she just helps me to actually stay on my mark to get that course done, I'd be so, I'm so stoked. It's like a Christmas present to me to make that course. Right. But that gets, that's where I feel (laughs) this difference between intention and then, you know, what I hate about productivity is what Mike already mentioned and what we all have known and felt. You, you know that thing where it's like other people, like when you have a job and your boss has expectations of you and maybe those aren't necessarily, like, like maybe you have a bad boss and those expectations aren't clear, like the job description is not clear, the role is not clear, right? That feeling of expectation and I'm letting people down and I kind of don't know it, and I, but I kind of yeah. know it, like I hate that. And that's You can so do it many- to yourself. Yeah, that's what so many of my to-do lists have been in life, right? They become a source of tension. Instead of having intention in them, they become and tension. And if like you, you can just make it feel better, like, wh- like if you can just make it not say finish book, right? Which is like saying, you haven't been good yet. Like you're not, <laughs> like you're still a bad person. <laughs> it's like, if we- Lots of work. If we can, ch- exactly, <laughs> lots of work. You're probably gonna fail. They're all gonna laugh at you, <laughs> right? Mike, you mentioned earlier that so much of productivity is personal. I think it's easy to overlook that. We assume that there are these universal things that everyone should be doing to be to be productive, but we're all motivated by different things. We all have different mental states and 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 goals. Are there things that apply to everyone when you think about productivity? Are there some touchstones that you feel like everyone should have in their toolkit or, or in their foundation when they're building a productivity system, or is this whole thing personal and, and needs to be customized and tailored to the nth degree for each person? Well, I think the, the interesting thing is that a lot of the tasks and projects are objective in some cases, especially when you're working with a company, Hey, our objective is to finish this thing. It's how does each person approach it? because they're going to all approach it from a subjective way. So for example, 
uh, you might be great at using Microsoft Excel and I might suck at it, which means we both, but we both maybe need to do something in it. So how do we drive that? So for me, this is why I think working by modality is really important to say. And I think that's a, a piece that everyone can have in their toolkit. Like what mode do I need to be in to do this? Whether it's, you know, and, and the words matter too. Like I could say that, uh, you know, Cal Newport's got deep work, right? He wrote the book, Deep Work. Well, if I look at the word deep work attached to a task, I know I need to have full focus, but Chase might need to say, hey, it's prime time. Like these are prime times. Like I need to, that could be his. Or if you're looking at like low energy, like tasks that are not going to take much bandwidth for you to do, you could say these are going to be like shallow focus, shallow work, brain dead. It really, that's where the subjective piece mm. comes in. But I think the other thing, and you've touched on it already once, that everybody can do, and this is what I start every client with now that I work when, I, when I'm coaching them, is routine. Mm. The, the, the bookends of your day, the morning and evening routine, because that's where people feel that they have most agency and authority over their time. They're outside of work. They can say, you know what, this, this, this is where I have control. Because a lot of people during that nine to five or during their business hours feel that they do not have as much agency or authority over their time mm. and their attention for that matter. But what they can do is say, hey, work's done. What can I do to set the table for the next day? And then what can I do to start off the next day right? I have one client who said, you know, I really just want to have a cup of tea in the morning before I get off to work. I'm like, well, then, you know, set up your teacup on the counter the night before with the tea bag and ready next to it. So that way you can see it. It's already, you know, you're already 66% of the way done or 33% of the way done. And then that way, when you start off, the, all you're doing in the morning is turning on your kettle. And, and she said, well, we have a Keurig. I'm like, great. You can, you can then just put the water in there. You put the tea cup underneath it with the bag in it. All you gotta do is press the button in the morning and voila, your tea is there. And I said, do three things, three things at night that you want to do consistently that are portable. Austin Kleon talks about this in his latest book, Keep Going. The idea of portable routines, like no matter where you are, you should be able to do this thing. So if you're going to exercise first thing in the morning, then you probably want to have some resistant bands in case you're traveling. Or, oh, you want to have a, a cup of coffee in the morning and you like a specific type of coffee, then you may want to have an AeroPress that you bring with you on the road or something like that, or, or the packed kit that I think is just get backed on Kickstarter mm. or something like that. But that's, I think those things are key because they allow you to kind of feel like you have control and agency over those parts of your day, which actually helps you start off and end your day in a way that that shows you that, yeah, you know what, you do have more control over your time and attention. than Well, you and this makes me wonder something else. I think, uh, you know, Chase talked earlier about how good it feels when you set up a new routine and, and the sky's the limit and, you know, anything's possible. And you, you build up this like vision of perfection and how every day is going to feel. And then it might be later that afternoon or the next day or the next week or the next month, but something will happen that throws you off of your routine that your routine wasn't able to account for. And, you know, you mentioned right. travel. I think that's a big one for people. When you create a routine, a lot of times you would envision yourself sitting in front of your desk like you do every day, but sometimes we're on the road. And so, boom, there goes our eating habits or our exercise habits or whatever. And next thing you know, we we throw the whole thing away because we missed a few days and and now we feel like we've ruined it all. Uh, the same thing could be true for uh, planning to work on videos every Tuesday afternoon, but then something happens and like there's an urgent client need that you have to tend to that day and it throws off your whole week. And next thing you know, Tuesday is bleeding into Wednesday and the whole thing gets ruined. Is there is there some strategy to overcome this? Is it about trying to have less um, prescribed things to do each day? Is it about having more 
swaths of free time for these things that come up to to deal with? How do you avoid feeling like your whole routine is shot because something unexpected came up? Well, I think that the journaling piece is a piece that I return to when I see this. So for example, if video day didn't work out this Tuesday, then I will see that consistent. Like if it, it doesn't happen one week, that's an anomaly, I think for me, because I've, I've set it up so that I know that that's going to happen. I don't take many appointments on Tuesdays. I set it up as such. That's what I'm able to do. I have, I have agency over that. Same thing with Wednesday as being my podcast day. That's the only day I can do interviews. That's what I've set up. But if all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, this doesn't happen for two, three weeks in a row. Is this still true? Is this, is this viable? Is this something? And the only way I can tell that is through journaling because that's where the emotional piece comes mm -hmm. in. On a calendar, if I see it, I'm like, oh, look, these appointments, all that provides me is context, but no content. It doesn't tell me that, hey, I felt like crap last Tuesday, so that's why I didn't do any video or whatever. So the other thing is because I have those, like if, if for example, Tuesday doesn't work this week, I know, I know my default isn't tomorrow. It's the next Tuesday. So at least I know I have a deliberate default date that makes sense as opposed to the next tomorrow and the next tomorrow and the next tomorrow, which sometimes just never shows up. And when I talked about horizontal themes earlier, there's some things that I need to do every day. I have a horizontal theme called making, and it literally is so big. It's so wide that I can make anything during that time. So if on a Tuesday between 11 p.m. and 1 a.m., because I am a night owl, I, I hit that making time, my first default would be to do video, right? But if I don't make something video during that time, but I make something, I still can look at that as a bit of a success. So I have these little fail safes in there that kind of allow me to do it. But it's not like I, you know map out every single task. I don't, I don't believe in, in the idea of, of calendar blocking to the point where you have no margin. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like, I call this the about a boy syndrome. It's like that movie about a boy where the, the guy had his routine mapped out to the nth degree throughout the day. And then the little boy showed up and threw all that out the window. You can't do that, especially when you have kids and other outlying sources that can derail you. So all you can do is say, okay, is this still, you're asking yourself, is this still true? Why did this happen? If it's, if it's happening consistently, I need to make a change. And then the system, hopefully, and this is what this happens over time, can support the change. And if it can't, then that's when you can do like, that's when Chase says, you know what, it's gotten too granular, I'm gonna, I'm gonna scale it back. That's what I like about time crafting is you don't have to do it all to be time crafting. Whereas with something like getting things done, if you don't do one part of getting things done, you're not doing getting things mm -hmm. done. And that's, that's a flaw too. Chase, I'm curious, Mike, uh, when, when we were warming up for this over the past couple of weeks, he, he mentioned something about um, finishing the year out strong. Hmm. And I think that's on your mind, Mike, because your year just ended, <laughs> whereas the rest of us are like, wait a second, and it's still just the end of summer. This is the beginning uh, of the end of the year, really. This is the beginning of the end of the year. Yeah. And, and if you don't, you don't think about it, it can kind of come up and, and really hit you. But uh, I think that we all have to get things done. Obviously we all have work to do so that we can accomplish things in our lives and, and, um, and, you know, have the money that we need to live and, and so on. Um, but I, I am guessing because of the journey that you've been on chase over the past five years or so, um, that you think about productivity maybe in a more, um, philosophical kind of way. And, and we talked about emotion and, and personalization and how one size does not fit all when it comes to productivity. 
you might just assume that it's a good thing to finish the year strong, but then somebody like Chase Reeves might go, eh, nah, what do I want to do that for? Like, yeah, that, I care like there's about, a real like, thing called a year. No, we made that up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, so what does that matter? And, and, and so do you set little things like finishing the year strong is just a way to psych yourself up to get a bunch done in a short period of time. Do you have little things, little devices that you use where you go, I'm going to reward myself if I get this done in the next month or two months or whatever, or I really need to get this done before we leave for this trip just so that I can feel good about it. Yeah. You know, I was, I was, well, two, two things on that. Number one, I was just listening to a, a, an experienced therapist on a podcast talking about how the difference between this intrinsic and extrinsic motivation stuff, the moment that we, you know, have our kids playing piano for the sake of an external reward. Like if you play for an hour every day at the end of seven days, you'll get to watch black Panther or something like that. Right, right. now it's what we've just done psychologically. The energy for this kid is, is I'm doing this piano for something else. Right. Right. Which my friend Jay would say, uh, that doesn't matter at all. I just want my kid to know how to play piano. Like I don't need them to love playing piano. I don't want them to try to be Chopin or something like that. I just want them to know how to play piano because it's good for a brain to learn something like that. Um, and for, for me, I'm like a musician. So I'm dreaming of my son, like finding his own way in life and finding his own love for music. And if he, if he desires that, so that intri extrinsic motivation where it's like the carrot on the end of the stick, the thing that literally keeps our like labor population, like working for, for other people, their whole life or something like that. The thing that, that is, you know, is kind of what capitalism seems to be in some ways. For better or for worse, it's what we've been doing for a really long time. Those extrinsic motivations, they just seem to have lost their luster because I, I, I worked really hard to get so many of them. And then, there, then th like nothing in my life was actually finished. Like everything just kept going. You know what I mean? Like it's like, yep. it's just there's another mountain to climb and another. And it's like, okay, maybe I'm just. Maybe I'm just like, so my favorite metaphor right now is being like a through hiker. Like I'm going to hike from the Southern tip of Florida to the Northern tip of Nova Scotia. It's like however many thousands of miles. And you don't think about what am I doing today? You're just taking steps. It's not, you're not, you're, you're, not, you're not, sorry. You don't, you, all you think about is what am I doing today? You don't think about the ending at all. You're not like, like, oh, what's it going to be like in Nova Scotia? It's like, <laughs> that's like months away. That's like, might as well not even think about it because I'm just, I'm just kind of combing my motivation to keep going and doing what I'm doing here. So part of me is like really tried to do that, like wear the kimono, be the Alan Watson, like Buddhist kind of vibe of just the everything happening right now. And I found a lot in that. But I've also found like, you know, you asked specifically, there was what you said was doing a lot of work because something's coming up. And I just went on a three week trip, road trip with my family. I thought I'd had time to work there and I probably could have if I really wanted to, but I didn't really want to. So I didn't because I was with family and friends and cruising around. So, so now I've, I've done like only one video a week for the last couple weeks. And that kind of bug, bugs me because I have so many products to review and so many film, so much filmed in the can already. So uh, there are times when I just, I, and that whole, man, those three weeks, we came back from some trip and then we had three weeks before our trip for, that was going to be another three weeks away. And so I just grinded out so much filming, so much stuff. And looking back at the, I just edited one this morning and it just went live and, and it's like, yeah, I was actually in good spirits for me uh, in my work. It's 
insanely critical that I just manage my energy because yeah. when I turn on that camera, yeah. I'm deliver. I'm basically I'm connecting on on a human sort of like emotional, psycho spiritual level, and it all happens through my words and through my energy and through whatever. And I don't want to fake that. And not only do I want to fake that, I can't because I'll burn out. Like I'll do. I used to do videos and just give everything, and I'd be toast after. I'd be just like dead. I'd get sick, all that stuff. So for me. The number one productivity hack has been learning how to navigate my my energy, like nutrition wise and sleep wise. So you talk about being a night owl. Like I can't go to sleep after staring at a screen for a mm-hmm. few hours from twelve to one or something like that. I'm just thinking about that. Going last night, I had like the the worst night of sleep I've had in the last three years because I've I've started drinking coffee again. This is another thing. I think productivity is substances. It's like, it's coffee. If you want to write something, if you just need to get something written, hey man, have a little bit of cigar, a little bit of cheap beers, recommend the Coors Banquet beer, and a bad coffee, like a big bad coffee, like a lot of diner coffee. That is by far and away the most like rumination and execution of like getting the thoughts out of my head and onto the paper in terms of, of buzz. That's it's a productivity trick. It's interesting though. And I've, I've been with you for some of those uh, cigar coffee and diner coffee or uh cigar coffee and oh Coors banquet beer yeah i've right, been with baby. you for some of those the the trifecta i think you called the trifecta, it sure it's like and, the negroni of it's like the negroni of writing <laughs> yeah and it, usually it needs to happen around lake tahoe i feel like lake tahoe has to happen lake tahoe and we're talking middle of the day or like 11 o'clock 11 a.m is the best time for that 10 a.m 10 is pretty good but so you had skis all the way until you said that you had Coors, you had uh you had cigar oh, yeah. you had coffee you had California, but then you said 11 and that threw it all. That's yeah. not really for you, Mike. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but the interesting thing about that is, is, you know, that, that can work. Uh, of course, you know, that that's, that's great. If you haven't had any nicotine or caffeine in a while, yeah. like yeah. you're just in a great place after that. Um, however, that, that can wear off. If you try to do that every day, it wouldn't work. Yeah. And, and, yeah, right. and even if you just drink coffee every day, right. that the effect of, of caffeine totally. just wears after a while. Yeah, totally. And I think the same is true of these little tricks that we yeah. might play on ourselves to be more productive. You guys, this right? is why the cannabis thing that I'm so excited about and adding cannabis to this conversation because anybody knows you use it a lot and then you you basically you become a dropout. <laughs> that's not true. But but like that's the that's the stigma. But it's taught me so much about what you're just saying, Corbett. We're trying to optimize for the effectiveness of these things in our life, whether it be the way that we manage our to-do list or the way that we like sort of get our morning buzz, right? And if you, if you, if you're like my, my, my wife's dad, you guys, I'm talking like 15 cups of coffee a day, like all day long, just all day, just burp, 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 yeah. burp. Like it, it's yep. not even doing anything anymore. <laughs> it can't be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, it's funny the term the term hack. It, and I was looking, I was doing, I was writing something. Which, by the way, it's an, an, you're talking about energy. There's a reason that YouTubers don't blog, and all they do is YouTube because literally, it's like all their energy has to yeah. go into that. Like I've talked to, but I mean, the term hack. When I was looking up a definition of it, because I was doing some article, I'm like, well, what does hack really mean? It means like the the dictionary definition is to cut without care. Mm. And I think it's like that's a fascinating mm. with cut without that, care. That, yeah, to look at it from that vantage point, it's like there's got to be some deliberate stuff. And I think yeah. what you're talking about is very deliberate. Yeah. But, we, but people love to hear hack, shortcut, let's totally. do this. And, and, it, and those things, like you said, Corbett, those things fade 
And not only that, but if you don't, they're done without care. So you're not really, you're just kind of like saying, okay, here's a quick tip. Let me see if that'll work for me. Again, it puts back that personal component into it. But when I saw a cut without care, I'm like, ooh. Yeah, no, that's fascinating. Well, it makes me think of a machete, like just going through the jungle. It's like you're just hacking away at stuff, right? And I think, and sometimes we just want to like blitz through a bunch of work and just get her done. And very rarely do we, these days, actually have the the ending of that blitz scheduled or planned at all so our life becomes a blitz mm -hmm. and like yep. the nfl teams like they don't do blitzes everybody <laughs> they're not nope. it's right. actual plays it's actual plays and intention what's the intention is to win the game and we're better at the passing game they're better at the running game and so yada yada there's all this strategy and this is where we're coming back to like like corbett your question is so great around are there things that are applicable to everyone or is person is, is it so personal, this productivity game, right? I think that's a really big question. It's at least very personal. It's at least yes. very, very personal because you're the only one in the spacesuit of your body who has to deal with whatever your life looks like, right? And you know what it's like to have something in your head that you wanted to get done and you still haven't done it. And maybe you don't even know what it's like to have wanted to get something done and then you got it done. Like, like I'm talking about outside of school, like you weren't getting graded on this, right? And, very, and then there's even less people who have wanted to do something, got it actually done, and then found a way to actually make revenue from that thing, right? Mm -hmm. So now we're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We got energy coming into the system, not just in our creative fulfillment, but in actual money that I can take to the store and buy you know, a really good ancient grain sourdough bread. Right, which that you want to talk about a celebration, just get some jam and a few three year olds, and you've got the happiest campers on the block. <laughs> Mike, if you wanted to leave people listening to this with an exercise or an experiment or something that they could do, a lot of people, you know, don't have routines, they or the routine that they have is feeling stale for some reason. Is there some, is there some go to? exercise or experiment that you start clients out with or that you do yourself when you're feeling like your productivity game needs to be leveled up a little? Uh, there's two things I do. Number one, I think go back to episode 99, you can hear the journaling piece because I, I say definitely keep a journal. I mean, the story that we're telling ourselves in our head is often more compelling than the one that's on our calendar. And I think that, that you once you combine those, it's like, oh, this is really what's going on. But I think the other thing, and again, working with clients, it's like, listen, have three, three things you do before you go to bed every single night, make them portable, make that your evening routine, and then do three things you do in the morning and make them portable. So make sure that you know, you're not doing things like, I, I'm going to go to the gym because the gym may not be there if you're traveling. So just maybe make it a little bit more portable. So be deliberate and thoughtful about it, but don't do like, I've got seven steps to my evening routine. No, three three things, because even if you do two of those three things consistently, you're 66% successful because people do like to do that quantitative stuff. So I'd say pick three things to do before you call it a night and three things you do to start off your day. Um, and sometimes, honestly, the thing you could do to end your night, and I would say at least 70% of my clients I've worked with, I've started with on this, they're showering at the end of the night instead of first thing in the morning now. Because they feel like they want to, they're rinsing their hair and getting themselves ready in the morning, but they're not doing that whole like, let's get because let's get ready because um, actually, and Michael Bruce wrote about this in the power of when, um, when you have a shower or a bath late at night, and you're it, it lowers your core body temperature, yeah. which helps you go to sleep. Yeah. 
So, so that's one thing you could add. That's there now. You only have to pick two more things, but that's that's what I would say is journaling and and is a is a really undervalued and highly highly valuable um, productivity uh, practice. And also having portable evening and morning routines, putting those in place and making them simple as possible. Chase, anything to leave the folks with? Yeah, I, two things. Okay, one that that was inspired just by one of the things that Mike just said when he did that sixty six percent successful thing, right? This is a fascinating idea because you can look at your to-do list and and uh, so much of the tools out there, you look at your to-do list and you don't have any sense of, of what you've actually accomplished. You're just on to, it's just a never-ending stream of things that aren't done yet. And then when you finish stuff, it you, it's still a never-ending stream of things that aren't done yet. So that sense of asking that question, how am I doing? And if you have three things that you do every day and today you did two and yesterday you did three and the day and tomorrow let's we're, we're like we're doing three right it you're and you're you're actually judging yourself based on 66 percent effective which is better than you know 33 percent effective instead of just like because i think really you have like a like a, some sort of rpm meter inside you that is well, I guess you have an RPM meter that's like how how much energy you have right now to do whatever you've got to do. And if you don't have very much in the tank, then you're not going to want to look at that task that says finish book like we've talked about, right? But there's this other thing that you can teach to keep to keep track. And it's like, because if you feel like you're generally pretty good at, at getting the stuff that you want done, done, like the important stuff done, that is the single greatest like privilege uh, that you can give yourself in productivity is just to not be going like, well, I'm a total loser when it comes to getting this stuff done, mm-hmm. right? If you can find ways to trick your brain, to, to get your brain to understand that like, well, all things considered, I'm actually pretty good at this. That is, you are just upgraded, huge in that regard. But then um, the second thing is, honestly, for an actual hardcore tactic right now, it would be go take Steph's goals course inside Mm. of Fizzle. It would be that. Why that one in particular? Because there's a productivity course that I think is great as well. And then there's my journaling course, which I think is killer for daily journaling. That's, That's a thing that can set you up for serious success, like on the regular every single day. But I start with Steph's goals course because it's like that that brain dump we were talking about where you go to the pad, you have the notepad in the middle of your house and you just go, you write down everything that you want to do it. She walks you through a version of that for your, um, for just like the thoughts that you've been having about the kind of like, like the kind of success you want to have, the kind of thing you want to do when you grow up, the kind of thing you wish you would, I wish I, I want to have a New York times bestselling book, or I want to have, I want to be on Oprah or whatever. It's everything from that to, like to you know i want to have a connected relationship with my with my daughter or i want uh i would like to finish a course about cannabis and creativity or something like that right those are those are really big examples and she walks you through big ones and really small ones and it's not a long course and getting that stuff together and then what you do with that list afterwards is where the magic is because it goes from this like massive thing to to this very focused and actionable thing. And the only way, only way we got there was because we actually did what the instructor was telling us to do. And so it's cool when there's a course out there that if you just do what the instructor tells you what to do, 
you're going to see results. And that's a short course. That's a one-time kind of deal. You can, can do it more and more in your life, but it's not like a book you have to read again and again. It's not like a book that has this entire system put together for you. It's just like a quickie, get in, get out. I think you get a lot of bang for your buck with that. Yeah, that's great. You can find uh, those courses that Chase just mentioned. The goals course with Steph Crowder over at fizzle.co slash goals. And the journaling course with Chase is at fizzle.co slash journal. Uh, Mike Vardy is founder of Productivityist. You can find him at productivityist.com. Thanks, Mike, for being here. Yeah, and if, if people want, they want to get updates on the book because it's progressing, yes. go to productivityist.com slash book and they'll be like, I'll be showing my work, as Austin Klan would say, as, as nice. things progress. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Chase Reeves has been, well, um, Chase Reeves, I'd say. As always, you can find him at Matterful.co and on YouTube at Chase, uh, sorry, at YouTube.com slash Chase Reeves. Turkey, thanks for being here. Yeah, love it. Thanks again to Chase and Mike for being here today. And thanks to you for listening, as always. If you like today's episode, would you mind leaving us a review? Just head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show and click on the Write a Review button because listeners like you help us get the word out about the show and a review or referral would mean so much to us. As always, you can find links to everything we talked about today over at fizzleshow.co slash 338. I'm Corbett Barr, and until next time, thanks for listening to The Fizzle Show. Fizzle Show.